Pod Doctors is brought to you by the Kindle book, Saving Limbs, Saving Lives, Advanced Treatments to Prevent Amputations in Diabetic Populations. This book by Dr. Damien Dauphiné discusses specific patient cases in diabetic limb preservation, which highlight the modern use of wound care technology that has exploded in the last 20 years. With only one advanced therapy available in 1999, there are now hundreds of options to help close chronic wounds in diabetic patients. Dr. Dauphiné distills these options down to show patients and physicians treating these patients how combinations of these products can be used to save limbs and save lives. Welcome to The Pod Doctors. I'm Dr. Damien Dauphiné, board-certified foot and ankle surgeon, and my partner, Dr. Rafa Hussein, fellowship-trained podiatric surgeon, and we are The Pod Doctors. Each week, The Pod Doctors will be discussing aspects of podiatric medicine and surgery to educate our audience on common foot and ankle problems and the latest treatment options available. We hope to bring you interesting and informative shows each week discussing all the crazy ways that our wonderful foot can malfunction and cause us problems. So please find us on all the platforms where you find your typical podcasts, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, and YouTube where you can view our videos. So please like and subscribe, and we will see you next time on The Pod Doctors. Welcome to The Pod Doctors. I'm Dr. Damien Dauphiné, and I'm here with my partner, Dr. Rafi Hussein. And today we're going to do a, sh- a little show on ganglionic cysts. First, we wanted to first I wanted to do a little shout out to to Z Dog because I'm wearing my science Z Dog t shirt. Right there, you go right there, showing the guns. And he's done some really great videos. If you guys aren't familiar with Z Dog MD, uh, he is the he is Doc Vader, infamous Doc Vader. But he's he's a real hospitalist, a very smart guy. He has done some tremendous, uh, I think, videos recently on the Delta variant of COVID-19. Yeah, we're getting a, a big resurgence of COVID due to this variant. Yeah, and, and it's it's making its way through the unvaccinated. So, yeah. you know, the moral of the story is get vaccinated uh, if, if you can. And you're, you're going to stay out of the hospital. You're going to stay out of the ICU. And you're probably not going to die. Yeah. Uh, if you're unvaccinated, you, you know, you this is your choice, but you're taking you're taking a risk because you will get infected with this. I mean, this variant is really, really transmissible. I still, but I still think there's some crazy mythology behind the vaccine still, where people still say, "Well, they don't work," obviously, because people are still getting it. Or they're getting microchips planted in them, uh, or the, the magnetic, or go, I mean, all the funny random down, ones down the rabbit holes. But <clears throat> but the, I think the real issue is people are assuming that that the vaccines aren't working. The vaccines are not designed to prevent mild symptoms. They're not going to prevent a mucosal virus. This is a mucosal virus that lives yeah. in your nasal pharynx. It's not like smallpox where it was you know bloodborne. and you're you basically have you know sterilization uh, immunity from that and you're not going to get it. This is a mucosal virus, so you're going to get maybe a mild flu-like symptom. Which is okay which compared is okay. to the alternative. Oh, heck yeah. So for those people who are, who are not getting the vaccine because they quote-unquote say it doesn't work, you're not understanding what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to keep you from dying. It's supposed to keep you out of the hospital, off a ventilator, all of those bad things. It's doing that really, really well. Yeah. If you get this vaccine, you're not going to end up in the hospital. It's just a, a it's like really when, low percentage chance. It's like when you use weed color on a lawn, right? You put all that granule stuff out, 
and you kill 99% of the weeds, that one or two weed that might pop up, that's your mild symptoms. Yeah. If you're getting symptoms like that, no big deal. You'll be fine. It's for the people who don't use the, the weed killer. That's when you get that crazy infestation. And if you're if you're worried about family members who either couldn't get vaccinated or refused to get vaccinated and you've been vaccinated, theoretically, you could still infect them. I mean, that's, yeah. there's still a possibility. So you want to be careful there if you got people living with you that haven't been vaccinated. But if they can get vaccinated, they should. And that's going to keep them out of trouble because this variant is moving so quickly. It's fascinating in the UK. You saw this huge uptick and now it's kind of dropping off the cliff again. It's because the, the UK has great um, vaccination rates. Well, but also there's the possibility they may be finally reaching some herd immunity some, uh, that nobody knows for sure, but they yeah. may be actually reaching some herd immunity because the folks that haven't been vaccinated are getting the variant. Th- those that are surviving it are are now, you know, now showing immunity to it. Yeah. So you're starting to catch these pockets of people who haven't been vaccinated. They're getting COVID uh, Delta variant. Those that are surviving it are are now you know, showing immunity to it. So we may see this confluence of all these different things that are actually seeing this drop off in the rates. In India, the rates were, they had one point a couple weeks ago, they were at 400,000 cases a day. Wow. And then they dropped down to like 80,000. So that big drop off is happening because they're seeing this this big surge in vaccinations and you've got all these people that have already had it. Yeah. So it's the 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 virus has got fewer and fewer places to go to catch these people who haven't been either infected with COVID-19 or or been vaccinated. So So anyway, go see Z Dog's videos on this because he's got some great ones. He's interviewed some really um brilliant folks. Um there's legit science behind what he's saying. Science. But today, we're going to talk about ganglionic cysts, which in our world is a fairly common yeah. musculoskeletal uh, problem that can cause pain. <laughs> One does not simply pop a ganglionic cyst. They used to be called Bible lesions because oh, you yeah. could smack them with a big book and maybe you would break them and they would get better for a little bit. But they, the, the, the synovial cyst, the, the lining will heal and then they'll fill up with, with uh, joint fluid again. Yeah. So clinically, uh, they present with a bump on their foot. It started recently or comes and goes. It just pretty much depends on activity. Sometimes they can be painful. Sometimes they can press on nerves. Sometimes they can press on shoe gear. Common areas that we see them in the foot, in the midfoot, and around the toes. Sometimes you'll get them around the the Achilles here. More commonly, people will actually see them in their wrists, uh, on the inside and the back of their wrist. uh, Very common areas uh, to have them. And they're not life-threatening 99 point whatever percent of the time. They're usually benign. Sometimes they'll go away on their own. Um, but when patients present, they got a new bump. It's usually irritating. They're concerned that uh, is this a tumor, is this a growth, is this cancer? You know, I'm worried about this. So what is it? Uh, just like Dr. D said, it's literally an outpouching of your synovial tissue, your synovial capsule, either from the joint capsule or tendon sheath. It fills up with the, the synovial fluid, mm-hmm. the, the gelatinous fluid that makes up the joints and the tendons, that nice glidey material. And they can obviously uh, swell up. It's like, um, I tell patients this, uh, it's almost like truck tires on like when they're driving a thousand, thousand miles and they're super hot and you kind of see that weird bubble that pops up. Yeah. 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 That's what this is. It's just an an overuse injury. I mean, some people are more genetically predominant to get them, but. um, And and it could be trauma. Yeah. You you could have dropped something on your foot. It could have caused a weakening in the joint capsule. And then there's all kinds of potential. causes but it is what it is 
you can drain them, but I don't know about you. I, I get very little long-term success out of draining these. Yeah, I think the studies show when you drain them or aspirate them, there's about a 40 to 50% chance it's going to come back again. Yeah, I think it's even more than that. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Usually you'll put like steroid and stuff in there. Um, but yeah, we'll get to that. I mean, uh, exam, how do you know it's ganglion? I mean, it could be anything. It could be gout. It could be a lipoma. It could be something else. The easiest test, and this is one we do um, quite often, you put a light to it, you dim the light, you put a light to it, and you can kind of see It'll kind of illuminate the, the lesion. This is a phenomenal picture that they obviously dim the lights. This is um, a massive one. That's huge. Yeah. This is kind of what they typically look like. You'll see that nice little red ring. You see the nice little red ring around it. Um, and it that's telling you that the lights, it's translucent, that yeah. you're transilluminating it. If it was fat, it wouldn't do that. So, yeah. If yeah. it was bone, fat, anything that doesn't obviously illuminate, uh, you put a light to it, it's going to fill up. It's like a balloon with a light. I mean, you're going to see right through it. Obviously, we can get our imaging. X-rays really don't show much on uh, ganglions. It's you may see that increased soft tissue density, the shadow. Yeah, that's about it. So here's some ultrasounds. This is simple. This is something that most offices have. They'll have a little ultrasound. They'll see the um, the synovial sac. Uh, it's fluid filled. It's black. It's water. It's fluid filled. And sometimes you can even trace it where you can kind of see the stalk on where it's coming from. So here you can kind of see the joint right here and that stalk coming through here. So that would be a synovial cyst. Yeah, that growth pattern from where it's coming from. Sometimes you can kind of see it looks like it's coming off. Uh, it's probably an extensor tendon here mm -hmm. uh, coming off of there. Um, and like I said, it's an outpouching of a capsule or tendon sheath. If you're really concerned and, and can't figure it out and you're trying to find the origin, um, you can get MRIs. MRIs are nice uh, if you're going to go in and surgically remove them uh, if you're not able to tell where it's coming from. This one, obviously, was a little bit more complicated than your basic. This is pretty large. Yeah, sometimes it's helpful not just for origin for the stock, but also just for what's the extent of this thing. Like how yeah. far am I going to have to chase this thing down? Here, I got another one right here. This is your T1, your MRI, where you can kind of see uh, the fluid uh, is gray or black in color. Um, but when you have a T2 image that, you're, that lights up your fluids, your waters, you can see it's all full of fluid. If it was a lipoma, this would be grayscaled. It would be speckled. Um, that's that's like a T2, that's not a fat sat, because that would be, the bone would be black. So that's... Yeah, this is probably fat suppressed yeah, yeah. right here. Yeah. But yeah, if it was fat suppressed right on this view, uh, this would, wouldn't would uh, um, uh, light up as well either. And then obviously you'll see the, the um, collagen fibers, whatever, come through mm -hmm. them, that speckled... Um, and they're, they're usually really well walled off like that, you know? They don't look like they're in, investing into other tissues, which makes them very benign. Yeah, the only thing that would be concerning here is is the, the neurovascular structures on the yes. dorsal foot. Um, here you can kind of see it's directly over the second and first met. So your dorsalis pedis, your deep and superficial pronate nerves across there, more specifically your deep. Um, you, you need to look for it. Yeah, yeah, so when you're dissecting these out, these are kind mm -hmm. of little, your key things. You can't just um, uh, you know, go in there blindly and just kind of chop just it out. Just hack away stuff, man. Or worse is when someone tries to hit it with the, the Bible, you know, the, the, yeah. the treatment, uh, the old school treatment. Uh, that's you can cause neurovascular damage there. You don't sure. want to hit that. Nope. <laughs> All right, conservative home remedies. Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> don't this this stuff doesn't work. I put in there. I just want to see your response. So turmeric uh, is, is a good anti-inflammatory, but you know it's not going to magically make these go away. This becomes a mechanical problem. Yeah, and until you get rid of the space occupying lesion. 
So you talked about the Bible thing. So I want to put this in here. So the old treatment for this yeah. was to hit it with a Bible. You'd literally rupture that ganglion. Yeah. Obviously, it would, it would high chance of it coming back. But you'd rupture that ganglion. And the goal was that the rupture wouldn't fill up again. It would scar back down. Um, oh, this guy's trying oh, yeah. to whack it with There was a lot of videos of this whacking uh, of ganglion cysts. Some successful, some not. Like I said, it's he's causing enough inflammation around it that uh, you, know, <laughs> you might you might hide it for a while. Yeah. Well, yeah, folks, don't do this stuff. This is a pretty simple surgery to fix. Let so, us fix it. Aspiration. I do typically try aspiration initially. If we can get away from not doing surgery, great. I let patients kind of have their options, and they're like, "Hey, if I'm trying to avoid surgery. Uh, aspiration is the go-to." Uh, we'll numb up the area, we'll pull out the fluid. You have to use a large gauge needle because it's gelatinous, very gelatinous. So when you're pulling all that stuff out, you put a little negative suction on there and you kind of watch it slowly fill in. A lot of the times, I'll be honest, I'd say you know, a third of the times nothing is pulled out. Mm. That, 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 uh, that the fluid easier is, to do with the ultrasound. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The fluid is just sometimes way too thick. It's too um, viscous. Yeah. Yep. Some, some patients, I don't do this, some docs, um, they'll put a little lance in it and kind of squeeze it out. I think if you're going to lance it, you might as well just excise the whole thing. Yeah. I think I even have some pictures of it. Yeah, here's here's a good picture. This is kind of what it looks like. It's literally like like thin jello, um, thick enough that it won't be pulled through the needle, but uh, thin enough that you can, uh, if it's malleable uh, enough, that you can kind of aspirate it through. And then after we do our injections, I mean aspirations, uh, I'll put some steroid in there. I'll put a little DEXA and Canalog in there. Uh, the goal being that that Canalog will, uh, and dexamethasone will collapse that that capsule and cause it to scar back down. Hopefully that Canalog also adds, acts as the irritant because of the crystalline nature of it. That's the, the theory behind it. But yeah, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it goes away for a couple of months, years, and then it'll come back. The goal is obviously if you're going to go in, you got to get that stock, that, that origin. And right. that's why... These do really well surgically, uh, relatively speaking. I think the literature would put it at a twenty percent recurrence yeah, rate. Yeah, yeah. I was looking at it. It's, it's some of the literature is like five. Some literature is like twenty twenty five. I, I think on our end, uh, we at low. foot and ankle, it's pretty low because we go after the stock. Yeah, and then that's a great pictures. picture yeah. of, of of what that thing can look like. Yeah. yeah. So this is a little cartoon. The stock, what it really looks like, is like this. Go in. I think this is a wrist. Yep, here we go, carpal bone. Uh, yeah, so but you can kind of see the stock coming through there, and it looks like it's at a joint level. They're so fun we, to take out because you know you try to keep the yeah, the envelope intact it's the like entire a time. Thin saran wrap type mm -hmm. of uh, uh, envelope. So you're kind of dissecting. Everything is done bluntly. Here I got some pictures of, of some blunt dissection, and you're going in and you're pretty much uh, freeing up the tissue around that little silicone, uh, silicone, uh, cellophane type of. Uh, uh, wrapping around that ganglion and the goal is to keep it intact so you can send it off intact and, and make sure it doesn't come back as anything crazy or cancerous uh, sometimes they do rupture just because of the nature of where they are or if they're weakened or whatever it might be and you just kind of clean up all that fluid wash it out and you grab the capsule and you just kind of free up the capsule mm -hmm. and take it all the way down to the stock and cauterize it bovie it tie it off whatever people do um i'm bovie i think this works well yeah Primarily what I would do. And um, yeah, I'll put a little stem cell graft over it, make sure it doesn't kind of uh, grow back outwards because it's a little layer of um, tissue to make sure that, you know, especially no if, if it's a tendon sheath and, and you're having to excise a nice section of tendon sheath. Yeah. yeah I think putting that 
umbilical cord or amniotic uh, patch over that is helpful. Yeah. And the surgery part works really well. Like we said, uh, maybe 10, 20% of the chance it'll come back. But yeah, very low chance of it coming back uh, as compared to trying to hit it with a bipolar mm -hmm. or aspirate it. Afterwards, we'll do like a compression type dressing. The key thing being to keep the compression on there. So any of that fluid that's trying to leak and cause a new capsule, a new pocket, um, it doesn't form. Typically, you want to do more aggressive compression when you do the aspirations as opposed to surgery. Yeah, I totally agree. I think if you're going to aspirate it, you're, you want a, almost like a bolster dressing. So yeah. that'll put pressure on that area to flatten everything out. After the surgery, you pretty much it's your typical yeah. gauze, ace, coban, whatever you want to use. Yeah, The recovery is super straightforward. You're really yeah. just waiting for skin to heal. Exactly. Two to Two three weeks. weeks. Yeah. yeah. And you're back to normal. Pretty much. Um, in and out day surgery, obviously. But, but you, you, know, you, you clearly want, and when it's the top of the foot, you clearly want somebody who's in that area doing surgery there frequently because it is not difficult to damage the superficial fibular slash perineal nerve or the deep branch. And those are, once those nerves get lacerated or injured, that, that can be a lifelong problem. So yeah. somebody who's in that neck of the woods frequently doing your surgery like we are. As far as ganglions go, they're pretty straightforward. If you have any problems, any concerns, by all means, reach out to us. Reach out to your local foot doctor. Get it with the Bible. Or hit it with the Bible. Awesome. Very good. Well, that was short and sweet. Um, again, if you have questions about Delta variant, go check out Z-Dog's videos on this. He did, did a great job, fantastic job uh, setting that up. And otherwise, we will see you next time on The Pod Doctors. Thank you for listening to The Pod Doctors. We appreciate all of our listeners and subscribers. If you'd like to hear more, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and watch our videos on YouTube. Like, thumbs up, subscribe, be safe. See y'all next time. Bye-bye.